Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. <laughs> Just so weird thing to say to someone. I look fine. Yeah. I was, I was going to say you, you look, look great, you, but then I was like, everyone probably tells you you look great. So I decided to go with you look fine. Well, no. <laughs> you look passable. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. I agree. Right. By the way, I 100% agree. My, I'm right. wearing a cap because my hair is dirty. Right. No, you definitely look female. Thank you. You're By welcome. the way, that is... A better day. That okay. is that is one of my better days. Excellent. Well, this is already started. The podcast has already started. Oh, I hope this is oh, being recorded. Absolutely. I need people to know that absolutely. you look just fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to The Three Questions with Andy Richter. I continue to be Andy Richter, and my guest today, uh, well, she's a regular O-Tour these days, got her own show based on her own life. On, uh, you know, the trials and travails of being Andrea Savage. There's so many trials. So many and trials. And so many travails. Travails. I wouldn't even <laughs> Both know. Both the trials I, and I'm travails. Not even, I'm not even, I know I've been through travails, but I'm not sure what they were or when they happened. I feel like your body inside knows. Yes. And it's it's recovered from travails. Yes. And it's soothed you at night after your travails. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, we were just talking before you got here. You're, you've got to get to work. So I've got to, yeah, to so make this snappy. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Are, we, are we good? No, no, no. I want, I unless oh. you cry, this is a failure. Oh, God. Well, yeah. I are don't you, cry. Are, I'm not a crier. Are you not a crier? I'm not a crier. So are you we're really? Be here a while. Yeah. When's the last time you cried? God, what a shitty, stupid. Oh no! Question. I, I, what a cheese ball question. But whatever. I, I cried this weekend. Oh, did last you last weekend? Um, but that was because uh, there was a lot happening. But just like a casual inter- sit here in an interview cry. It was an Emmy cry, wasn't it? Yeah, it I was, was watching. <laughs> um, I just got so emotional. Yeah. Um, when. Didn't over, watch the Emmy, so over I don't Billy have no Por- rev- oh, over, Billy. over Billy Porter's hat. Oh, God, by the way, if that doesn't make you, <laughs> oh my God, just hit you right where. And it, it, and it was all that. Well, that hat too was like it was like a uh, an architectural <laughs> m- magic act. Yeah. It's like how does that thing stay on? It's like those cakes that they make where like they're sort of defying gravity. Yeah, yeah. Also, yesterday when I was at work, um, I had the computer open as we're writing, and news, like sort of like alerts kind of come in the top right corner. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that impeachment had started with Trump, but I had gotten an alert 
uh, explaining Gwyneth Paltrow's dainty walk. <laughs> I guess, and I wasn't aware it was like the reason behind Gwyneth Paltrow's surprising dainty walk. Well, she's holding a jade egg in there. <laughs> she, you can't, you can't strut, you know. I, I mean, you don't. She could have had to go to the bathroom. You don't know. I actually, <laughs> well, what, well, well, I never saw a dress. I don't know what happened. I know nothing about it except why is this seeming to be an alert that needed yes. to come on my computer versus like a major American like movement. Do you have a dainty walk? Uh, alert set up like a yes. certain. <laughs> well, okay, wait, well, that, now okay, that well, makes more was, sense. What now was, it the, makes more what sense. was the, the, what was the, I did didn't you click on it? Oh, shit. Well, fuck. Now I got to go Google it. Because I can tell you what it was. What was it? Her dress was tight. Too fucking tight. Yeah, I, yeah. I can tell. I don't even know what the dress right, looked right, like. Right. I don't know what the dainty walk was. Right. I don't know when she walked the dainty right. walk. All I know is I 100% would click on that article and it would just be her dress was right. very tight in the leg. Yes. And also, <laughs> As part of a new holistic therapy, she became hobbled. She had her feet she, smashed. It's on goop. Yeah, it's it's really it centers her. She yeah. doesn't she doesn't feel you know she doesn't worry about walking so much anymore. Now she just there were about- actually little people under her dress <laughs> that were holding her and walking her across the stage. Um, which you couldn't uh, see because her dress was so long. Yeah. So there was a funny thing. There was just a funny thing that like J Lo was did some article and somebody was saying like the publicist obviously wasn't there, but she said something <laughs> dishy that was kind of hilarious about right. Gwyneth Paltrow. She's like, "What's she ever been in? Like name a movie." And it's like, "Well, Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love." In love. But I mean, beyond that, it's kind of like, "Well, I mean, the karaoke let's take, movie." Let's not take you know? down Gwyneth Paltrow. Listen, I, oh look, I'm just pro J Lo. I'm not necessarily. Oh, and so it's a feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've decided that this well, is. Yeah, you got to listen. You better choose your side because this oh, is going to be. Yeah, this is big. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, this is aside from the climate, you know, catastrophe happening. Don't know what you're talking this, about. <laughs> this is what you're going to have to decide. This is what this is going to be the dividing line. All right. Well, J Lo or Gwyneth. By the end of this podcast, I will have made my choice. <laughs> Well, it is great to see you. You know, we our paths have crossed, and I have always well <laughs> loved you. But Why I mean, I don't want to be weird because well, I want it because to say love you might seem creepy. But I mean, no, I, I didn't take it as like love you. I oh, right. like okay, we bo- good because I feel like I met you. Uh, I remember the first time I met you. It was at Matt Walsh's house mm-hmm. for like a Super Bowl game. Yes, and I feel like you and I started chatting. We don't see each other often, but whenever we do, we it's always fun. Yeah. have a night. I, I I have nice time every time I see you. Well, you're like somebody. You're and and there there are people, and I, it's you know I mean I'm you too. We meet a zillion yes, people. We do, and there are people that you just it's like. Oh, yeah, you. I know you. You're my people. Yeah, you're mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're in the same boat here. Yeah. And uh, and that was evident. I agree. From, yeah, yeah, from the beginning. So. I agree. So, so. I think we can agree that Matt Walsh is the worst. Oh, God, what a fucking slob. What I'll, a slob. I'll tell you, if I had to choose between Gwyneth and Walsh, yeah, yeah. that'd be easy. Honestly, the fact that he is now can say Emmy-nominated is the biggest, like, the biggest, like, disqualifier of the entire Emmy organization. I agree. Oh, my God. I've written so many sternly worded letters. Oh, Matt Walsh, Emmy nominated? Yeah. Please. That's all the letter says. Oh. (laughs) Please. Please. In all caps. And then my name. (laughs) Andrea Savage. Yeah. Academy member. (laughs) I'm not, though, but I lie. Are you not? I don't know. 
How do I become one? You you fucking sign up for it. Really? Absolutely. And you, you're a showrunner for Christ's (laughs) sake. You should probably be in the television academy. Nobody gives you a handbook. Like these are the things you're supposed to do. Do you have an assistant? Yeah. Today, say, get me into the academy. Like Seriously, that? exactly. Just no Get me into the academy. <laughs> do it, yeah, do it with a lockjaw, though. Get, Get me r- into the academy, Jennifer. No, seriously, it's it's easy. You, okay, you're I'll look into yeah, it. you're in a you're a guild member. You're on TV. It's that's all it takes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like it. my letters are going to pack an extra punch now. They're probably like, <laughs> right. will this woman yeah. stop? She's not even involved academy with member. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Thank yep. you. Well, this wasn't for nothing, then. That's true. Now, probably the reason you're not an Academy member is because you didn't expect to get into showbiz. That's what I understand. I did not necessarily yeah. expect to get into showbiz. Yeah. I come uh, come from a very um, non-showbiz family. Even though you're from out here, right? I'm from L.A., yeah. born and raised in L.A. Whereabouts in L.A.? Uh, the Valley. Specifically the address. Oh. No, no, I'm kidding. Well, I, I don't live there anymore, so I'm thrilled to give it. At any rate, uh, well, it's probably there. Whoever lives there now, now? Is, whoever lives there now is probably so sick of the tours that go by. Oh, could you imagine <laughs> the throngs of people on Orville <laughs> Avenue and Woodland Hills? There you go. Mm-hmm. Check it out, people. Yeah. Orville <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> um, I grew up on Woodland Hills. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I was born in L.A. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was two, mm-hmm. and then I lived. We kind of moved around, but then by by the age of four, I was in Woodland Hills. Uh huh. And, and are you are your folks L.A. people too, or did they come from elsewhere? No, my both my mom and dad grew up in L.A. Wow, which is you are a like, I am legitimately yeah you like, are like yeah gold card. LA. My daughter is third generation L.A. Jesus, yeah, that's crazy. I know my mom grew up in the Valley, my dad grew up on the West Side. Yeah, and um, so he was slumming. He was slumming with a valley girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, my mom went to Van Nuys High. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you go to public or private school? I went to private school. Which one? Uh, I went to uh, what is now Harvard-Westlake. Oh, classy. That's um, where the smarties go. I, w- I, well, I was going to say I was a smarty. I still consider myself a smarty. I, a smarty. I am a, um academic person at heart. Oh, are you? And I'm a very, yeah, I was a very good student. Yeah. Um, I liked studying. I liked doing well in school. I went to Cornell. I was pre-law. Oh, wow. So I feel like I, I always talk about I have these, like, battles that literally I think is the number one thing that I battle with now is I, I call it the Cornell and the Carney uh-huh. that just, like, battle in my head. Yeah. And have always judged in my own head what I do for a living. And then the Carney side of mine, if I go to Cornell for a while – starts to burst out yeah, and act yeah. out. Right. And it's hard balancing those instincts that both very strong instincts in my own head. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, when you say that, like, what is, what embarrasses Cornell about Carney? Everything. Everything. It's irresponsible. It's. In what way though? But you're making a good living in your, you know. Now, I mean, now yeah. I can justify it a little bit more. And by the way, this isn't, um, it, there's no realism to it. It's yeah, just yeah. what judgments just that were in my head. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I think also no one in my family is in the entertainment business. So it just everyone's we're all everyone's doctors. It was all very logical. Yeah. 
Um, Were your folks professional people? My dad uh, just retired, but it was an orthodontist. Uh Uh, My mom was a dental hygienist. Oh, wow. Um, But my stepdad was commercial real estate. My uncles were lawyers. My other aunts and uncles were doctors. Like, everyone was very practical. Yeah. Do you have siblings? I have four brothers. And are they podiatrists? A dentist, doctor, computer engineer, and then one's in the wine industry. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So everybody is very, not that they don't have senses of humor and that right. kind of thing, but it was not a house of creativity. <laughs> Frivolity. Like humor. It wasn't like people were creating stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so I was really sort of out on my own in that way. Um, not judged, but I. it just seemed very um, just lame. I think growing up in L.A., the idea of being in the entertainment industry oh, seemed yeah. very lame yeah. and very um, unintelligent. It yeah. just uh, – and now like I'm growing in, up, Like growing up near a coal mine and be like, I don't want to work in that coal mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't – and it's funny. I mean, it's ridiculous now to think about it, but that yeah. I definitely had a judgment. I would never even have admitted that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And it took me so long – to actually accept that this is what I was doing. Even the first decade of what I was doing, I was constantly like, well, I'll probably be going back to law school any moment now. Wow. Like it was always yeah, that. Yeah. Um, were you the funny one in the house? Um, I was uh, the funny one. I think, yeah, I yeah. was the funny one in the house. Um, and encouraged to be so. Because, you yeah. know, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's a thing that, Little girls aren't encouraged to be funny no, very much. Yeah, they are boys not. are. You like the class clown is a boy, and a, a class clown girl is you know like young lady. How dare you? you yeah, know? I think changing a little bit now. Absolutely, but definitely back in yes. the forties when I was growing up. Me too. It was. Um, yeah, it was not. And by the way, it wasn't like my friends were that funny. It, but I was funny. But I wasn't like you other comedians that were like I was the. Doing things at parties. Yeah, and yeah. I was, I was funny. I was doing video, you know, videos and tape recording with my friends. But it wasn't until I got into, I came into theater, uh, came into comedy in the lamest, not cool way, musical theater. Oh yeah. Like it wasn't like my parents listened to Richard Pryor and like I stayed up late watching SNL. It was like I loved Oklahoma and their big faces they'd make. <laughs> It was, it's so lame. Was that, now were, you, were your parents musical theater people or did, is that Not something you stumbled on? Wow. Like, I'm like, I don't know how I stumbled into any of this because it was not introduced. You don't me. remember, like, like, when's the first, you don't remember the first time where you were like, musical theater? Like, wow. I remember go, my parents would take me to go see stuff at the Pantages. Sure. Um, and I would see musical theater and be like, I want to do that. And oh, I wow. think I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and once I started doing some musical theater and with people were like, you're funny. In high school? In, yeah, high yeah, school yeah. is when I was like, oh. And then, and I hate this. I found that when I started to be like 14, 15 and started making more guy friends mm-hmm. who were really funny, that's when I realized, oh, I'm funny. Yeah. And I hate that that's, as a woman, like when I realized it, because just my other friends, girls just weren't that funny mm-hmm. um, at that time. And it was around that age that I was like, oh, I can be sarcastic and I can keep up with you and yeah, we can yeah. banter and that's my language. Yeah. Um, and my first boyfriends were like that. And yeah. that's when I started kind of being like, yeah, I'm funny. Uh-huh. And, but you, there's no, you just like, no, I'm going to Cornell of and course. I'm going to do Of course. It was pre-law. like, yeah. 
I can be a funny lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Or not funny or whatever. I also didn't know that improv existed. I didn't really know that you could be a stand-up. There was no improv at my high school. Mm -hmm. There was no comedy troupe. As there shouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I bet you now, now. By the way, now you have kids. You know that there's people taking improv for kids. My daughter would had improv in grade school. Yeah. And I mean, it's she's in middle school now, and I don't think that they do it anymore. But it, right. it was, you know, which is improv started as Viola Spola invented these games for kids. Yeah. For like kids, I think that probably were autistic, mm-hmm. you know, but there's some uh, awful, you know, terrible phrase for what they probably called him back then. I think but, we know what the phrase is. Yeah, yeah. But well, Not but, great. yeah, but, but she, you know, it was like for kids with learning disabilities, yeah. she created these exercises and then somebody, you know, said, hey, these could be done on stage. And so you're like, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. And I mean, and I, you know, and I don't, I wasn't worried about the grossness of improv because there has been this improv explosion, which actually I don't mind at all because I think it's. Because there's like improv camp, summer yes, camp. Yes. And I, my daughter was in a camp this summer and it was like, they would have like twice a week improv. Yeah. And she really liked it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a fun thing to do. And it's yeah. certainly to uh, get out of your head and. Talk in front of people and and I think everybody should take yeah. an improv class. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I do think it just gets you out of your head. Yes. Now you know there's a glut of it, so there's a lot of shitty, awful improv. Well, I don't want to watch any of those. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, not for audiences, but just safe in a classroom, tucked away. I don't. You know, for me, I don't. I don't do a lot of improv anymore, and I and, and, and I just because like I mean I've said before it's like. When I leave the house, I don't leave the house to get nervous. You know, (laughs) I leave the house to get less nervous. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do something that's going to make me less nervous, not. So, it's like, I don't, and I don't, I honestly don't care that much about an audience's approval. Mm -hmm. I don't, like. Yeah. I talk to people on this thing and, and elsewhere who are like, just the energy of that audience. And I'm kind of like, yeah, it's nice, but, you know. But also you, your job. Yeah, I get a lot of You're in that. front of an audience get a lot all of the that. time. Yes. Because I will say that's the number one thing I miss. Yeah. Um, and I'm crazy. I'm like, if I could, I would love to perform every week in front of an audience. Yeah, I yeah. miss it. So much. Do you consider like maybe trying stand up or doing stand up? And I, yeah. I did stand up um, years ago. I would do if I had the l- time to yeah. like go out five nights a week and right, get in, right. you know and go on the road get and get your thing done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to put so much work into yep. it. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I really would. Fucking I love kids stand-up. ruin everything. Oh, kids! Yeah. Uh, just work. Yeah, uh, I will. Uh, because I've been marriage. Sort of, well, I mean, that's I, I haven't seen that guy in months. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, marriage. I mean, and, he, and but I miss it, like deeply miss it. It's something yeah. that I'm actually like really trying to wrap my head around. Yeah. Um, because I that's why I got into comedy was from performing live. Right. And I actually like making myself nervous. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think it 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 drives me. I like pushing myself to do new things and and make myself nervous or make my tummy hurt, as I like to say, mm-hmm. um, a little bit. It makes me feel like I'm still challenging myself and pushing myself. Yeah. Because um, I, I get 
boredom or quietness, I lo- I start losing my mind. Right. Now, did that start when you started doing shows in high school? That that sort of like learning to like the nervousness? Yeah. yeah. Like get sort of getting off on the fear. On the stage fright, yeah. Yeah. And it's always sort of, even like I just started this podcast and I'm totally nervous about it. Shouldn't have probably done it. It's been so much extra work. It's yeah. making my life crazy. I don't know why everyone lied to me and was like, it's so easy. What kind, of, what kind of podcast is it? Um, it's a uh, podcast. I ask people three questions. You and, liar. You um, son of a mother. <laughs> yeah. It's called Andrea Richter. Um, <laughs> and the three questions. Sure. Um and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Wow. Uh, no, it's a comedy uh, hour-long, you know, celebrity chat-based show. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so the waters are full. Um, it's called Andrea Savage, A Grown-Up Woman, hashtag buttholes. Hashtag buttholes. That's my favorite part. Um, thank you. And it really is an excuse for me to get as close as I can to <laughs> performing live, but at least having some fun with People I find fun. Yes. It is literally like we play games. It is pure comedy, pure joy. Because for the past three and a half years doing my show, most of my life is extremely stressed and Mm -hmm. extremely serious. Yes. Even though the show comes out very funny. It is not easy and it's not like I'm going around laughing all day. Right. And so I really was like- It's a tremendous amount of pressure on you to not- I mean, it's enough to be the star Mm -hmm. of a show, but then to also have it be- your baby. Your and, baby. Yeah. It's just also just all the things that you have to be on top of. Marketing to sets to locations to casting yeah, to yeah. the writing to all the editing to the press to the yeah. – you know, it's just – it goes on and on. And I miss my friends yeah. and I miss just sitting and laughing because that's coming up through comedy. Yeah. I mean, how many late nights are you just up laughing with your friends? Oh, that was – I mean – It's that, everything. That was – when I started doing improv, that was the main thing. Mm-hmm. The doing the shows <laughs> was fun and challenging and yeah. stuff. But like I've said this before, it, doing it in Chicago, oh, doing yeah. uh, improv in Chicago, especially like in the wintertime, it's a Chicago thing like, ah, boiler's out. <laughs> Place yeah. is closed because it's 36 right. degrees in there. And then no show. And and those were the nights where Best I'm like, nights. Awesome. Because we're all here. Yeah. We're dressed kind of decently. And we're going to – so let's just go get fucking drunk together. Oh, yeah. And that was 10 times better because – and it it was the same thing. It was being funny with funny people, probably being too loud. Oh. I had this division in my – because I went to film school in Chicago. Oh, really? Yeah. And then then I started doing improv, and there was this transition in my life where I'd have parties, and it would be film school friends and improv friends. And the film school friends would be like – why are they all so loud? I can't imagine a more annoying oh group to be around. Oh, my God. It was just like goth kids on one side oh. and then just like, you know, guys named Matt all yelling. Yelling. Yeah, yeah. Taking, 17 Taking mats. their pants down, yes. doing yeah. weird things with, you know, like, yeah. I don't have a dick. Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> like All embarrassed because they wore the same Blackhawks jersey, you know. <laughs> Are they embarrassed? <laughs> not really. Yeah, not yeah, at yeah. all. But I really miss that community and that feeling. That I, I think there's nothing other, with the exception of my daughter, mm-hmm. nothing makes me as happy in my life than being with people I love yeah. who make me laugh. Oh, it's and it's such a, you know, 
And it's I, the, I did, the professional, you know, like sort of the culmination of your mm-hmm. professional ambitions. Yeah. Keeps you. That sucks. And by the way, there and are I mean, days that are it. fun I'm, I'm, and we laugh on set, but it's like yeah, when yeah. you're, I can't be even on set. It's like, yeah, I'm enjoying the scene, but I have all the other things to be doing. I'm not hanging out in the green room. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. hanging out like when you're an actor on something. And by the way, I'm not going to sit here and be like, my life sucks. Um, but I have noticed that I disappear for so long too, mm-hmm. that when I come out, I'm not part of anyone's life. Yeah. Like all my friends. And you, and you do. Oh, I disappear. You disappear, and it's but the same thing, and it and it. You've got the combination of the of of a single camera show mm-hmm. and a child and a child, and both of those mm-hmm. are things that make your friends forget you. Yes, you know. Yeah. So uh, between the two, because I literally I disappear because all I do is work and yeah. be a mom. Yeah, that yeah. is like all I do because I try to make it not that noticeable on her life of a change. Yeah, which is hard to do. How old is she? she a ten. Ten. Yeah. 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 Um, and it, that, that's it. That's all the, that's all the bandwidth I have. Yeah. But I get bummed. I'm like, yeah, I love this. This is why I got into this business yeah, yeah. is to fuck around. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. To have fun. To have fun. I've done, I've done a couple of things in sort of, that were like drama, you know, like straight drama. <gasps> and I am fucking shocked. It's like a set full of people. So that serious. Are not having fun. And it's like, what? Are, why are you doing this? Why yeah. do you do this for a living if you don't want to? Because even, know. you know, even CSI, you ought to have fucking fun on the set, for Christ's sake. But yeah. Grant, it's all autopsies and shit, but still, you know. Can't you, can't you have some laughs? Yeah, yeah. Hope um, the corpse. Yeah. You know? Yeah, dramedies are okay. In terms of just pure drama, I've done so little. Yeah. But I did do this one movie with Hilary Swank. Fancy. Yeah. Um, and she um, had- What was uh, the name of it? I'm blanking on it right now. It's like- Oh, I love that. Ugh. I do that shit all the time. Well, also, it changed its name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She, I've done guest spots on shows and people will be like, oh, I saw it. And it's like, what was the name? I, yeah, I worked mm-hmm. with him on, you know, and it's it's always something like, you know, like- Family guys and yeah. or you know, family rules <laughs> yeah. or we're all family yeah. or whatever, you know, and I just can never remember. And she's Hillary Swing is suffering from a debilitating um, I believe ALS. Yeah. And um it's getting worse throughout the film. And there is a does scene, not sound funny. No, yeah, it yeah. was not funny. And she's gotta get in character. Like I get why she's not doing bits sure. and then action. Absolutely. Um, but there was a scene where I have had a baby and I give her the baby to hold, but she's gotten so far in her illness that she starts to drop the baby. I now that's a little funny. I nobody but me found the humor, and I really had nobody to to do bits <laughs> with, with, with to do bits with the baby that they had me use was not a real baby for of most course. of it, and it was the craziest prop baby. It looked. Like it was going to murder you, and it was a weird, t- too believable of a texture. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly, I just had one of those outside experiences where you're looking like, going, "This is my life. I'm holding this demon plastic baby, handing it to Hillary Swank, who's dropping it, and I'm supposed to be upset. I don't know. For some reason, it really hit me. Yeah, that yeah. This is insanity. Yes. And I had to ask if I could step away for a minute. 
Like I was like, hey, I just need one minute. And I had to Did step they think away. You were crying. Yeah, I was like, listen, I need to take a minute. And I had to step away. And then I just went like in a bathroom and just looked in the mirror and was like, as if I was to a friend, like, what is happening? What is happening? And then came out and seriously performed the scene. Yeah. Um, and everyone was lovely on the movie and and the movie's good and all that. But I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have I ever told about being on the uh, Rob Lowe show, Lion's Den? Oh, I did. Okay. I remember that show. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a bit on that. Uh, yeah. And I, I was just asking if I told it yeah. already. But no, I did a bit on that. And it was, I was supposed to, I was playing a guy that like ruined the home team. It was a rip from the headlines mm-hmm. where years ago a guy fucked up the Cubs' chance to get into the okay. the playoffs because right. he reached out to oh. grab a foul ball that could have been caught and would have ended in it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So they had me in this thing. Okay. And, and again, it was like, I was like fucking around and everyone's like, what are you doing oh, yeah. fucking around? Like, I'm fucking around. What are oh, you talking about? Oh, I didn't about? fuck around. Yeah, yeah. I stepped into the bathroom because I knew well enough to not stand there and fuck around. Now, if there, had been some, if there had been a Hillary Swank... <laughs> Pretending to have ALS. Who I, needed to get in character. I, I wasn't gonna, probably yeah. wouldn't have fucked around. Yeah. But this is like. Yeah, okay. A guy ruined the baseball <laughs> yeah, team's Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're chances. right. You're right. You're right. Okay. But I, did, I just, the, I had to say, because uh, I was, with, the scene was with Matt Craven and David Crumholtz. Okay. They're lawyers. Okay. Crumholtz is mad at me for ruining the team's chance. And, he fi- and he's trying to hold in his anger. And he finally goes like, just tell me why you did it. Why did you do it? And I had to say the line, because I knew if I caught that ball, my kid would think that I hung the moon. Oh, oh God. Who, why would they I had to say that fucking that? multiple times. And I, and I just, and I think I even on set said, you know, no one says hung the moon. Yeah, that's except, when you go, hey, can I play yeah. with this a little bit? Maybe put it in my own words. Nobody says hung the moon, except... People sitting around a conference room writing a shitty show. I feel like maybe the honeymooners, like something in like, I love Lucy. You hung the moon, baby. You hang the moon. When it's almost theater and it's almost TV, like in that transition where it was like, that's crazy. Right. Post-coital. Oh, baby, you hang the moon. Oh. Yeah. You know? I might throw that in the repertoire. (laughs) See what happens. You hang the moon. Although in in a sexual situation, it might mean ass stuff. You oh, know. please. Oh, God. No. Yeah, yeah. Please, he knows that's not on the table. So I've made that <laughs> extremely clear. Yeah, but the hashtag your show is buttholes. That's maybe sending a mixed message. No, he knows. Oh, it's right. been thoroughly, thoroughly covered. No, I, by the way, <laughs> um, the reason that hashtag buttholes is in my title, not yeah. because it's just like stupid, whatever, is because the whole point of my podcast is bringing on people who prove basically just because you are technically a grown person doesn't yes. mean you have to be fucking lame. Right. And I'm bring, I'm literally people watch my show and they're like you it's inspiring to me because maybe I could get married and it wouldn't have to suck. Yeah. Maybe I could have a kid and it doesn't ruin my life. Yeah. You make being a grown-up look kind of fun. Yeah. So and I was like, "Well, I'm just the tip of the iceberg with that. I know yeah. so many people who are still enjoying their lives who aren't Peter Pan syndrome. Right. Like, they pay bills. Yes. They live their lives, but they also aren't taking themselves so seriously. Again, put an emphasis on fun. Put- On having fun. Yeah. And not that you, not the people who, like, reject being responsible. Yes. To all ends, to yes. become only fun. That you can have a balance. And I think, as a grown person, because everyone who comes on my show has to say, my name is whatever, and this is how I say buttholes, because- 
you can't take yourself too seriously and be a grown up and say the word butthole. Right. It immediately makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad at someone and call them a butthole. Right. And not have them laugh. Right. And then you end up hugging. Yes. Like, there's no way. So it is sort of, I think the word is weirdly magical. There's not a lot of other words that I think a grown up saying. Yes. Well, and it also, too. Makes you laugh. And you can't be taking yourself too seriously as an adult if you're like, well, you know what? Buttholes. Yes. <laughs> and I and and because I'm 100% on board, maybe too on board, because what I'm going to say is mm-hmm. the word also conjures up a visual. Yes. And and then and to me it's like it's it's also a reminder we all have this ridiculous <laughs> yeah we all have orifice yeah. that does things that yeah mm-hmm. that's like very multi-purpose but <laughs> always gross always gross in a in, in an awful way and a fantastic way and if you know you, you can't act like you're so above all the childish stuff in the world that you can pretend you don't have a butthole because right. I know you have one yes. Yeah, I, I, I know it sounds stupid. And, and also, too. But I actually like, put thought into this. I actually do think, because the word butthole also isn't a swear word. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have, like, asshole. Like, right, right. There's something kind of cute. Yeah. About it's a like a little kid could say it, and you wouldn't go, yeah. you wouldn't really scold them too hard. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it also, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, there's also, too, the thing about your butthole can ruin your day. Or make your day. Or make your day, <laughs> depending on what's going on down there. What's going and on? Really? Yes. And that happens whether you're the Pope. Yeah. Or whether you're, you know, Working Bob Vila. There's or a good Bob reference Vila. for the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I endorse it. And also, and the I endorse fact that buttholes. I, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'm a, that's a free ad for buttholes. <laughs> Ooh, you're not going to want that. They pay great. <laughs> oh shit! That's the that's the oh, other well. reason why I've hashtag buttholes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a Multi level marketing campaign <laughs> that I'm being paid handsomely for. You're an um, influencer. I'm a butthole influencer. Yeah, yeah. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, We have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. 
Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a growing? So at Cornell, do you do any? Uh, let's get back on the the biographical track yes, here. Sorry. Do you do? That's all right. No, this is delightful. Do you do you do any kind of theatery stuff? I yeah, I was pre law, but I did tons of theater. Yeah. So I was in the theater department. Um, not a lot of comedy though. Yeah. It was mostly you know because it's like theater departments tend to do very dramatic yes. weirdo plays. The and children's hours. Yeah, yeah, or just like, or things that you're like, what is this? Nobody's ever heard of it. When you tell yeah. someone, they're like, I've never heard of that. Right. Um, and they try to be all avant-garde and the girls, yeah. well, parts are the boys and the boys are the girls and right, it gets right. all flipped. And, yeah. Um, so I did theater there. I was funny with my, at that point I knew I was funny, like with my friends. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do comedy. Maybe there was an improv troupe there. Don't know. Yeah. I didn't know about it. Are you mostly with theater kids at that point? No. Yeah. No, I was mostly with my outside friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I still, I don't know. I mean, but I was half and half and even was like that in high school. Yeah. Where it was like, was, had my outside friends and then very close with the theater weirdos. Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of went back both sides. Again, the battling. Yeah, yeah. Never mixing or committing to one. Yeah. Just instead feeling shitty about both of them slightly at all Mm. times. That's fun. Yeah. Way to go. Thank you. I feel good about I feel good about that choice. Now, were you dating funny guys or were you yeah. dating business guys? I or always funny dated guys? funny guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, business guys. Later when I got into comedy, then I went through a string of comedy guys. Yeah, yeah. Because that was we'll comedy take, guys. That's what you got. That's what I was around. The yeah, people yeah. that were funny were comedy guys. Yeah. I like a funny guy. Yeah. I always have. Me too. Yep. Me too. I mean, well, just yeah. And I like a funny lady. Yeah, yeah. And now I have so many funny friends who yeah. are women. But I I didn't. And it wasn't until, really, I will say, when UCB came to L.A. Because mm-hmm. I was a groundling. Yeah. And I didn't do UCB. But I had friends like Matt Walsh and some other people who did. And so then when UCB, UCB L.A. started and all these people from New York moved out here. Yeah. Then suddenly I started having all these funny female friends. Yeah. Um, which is uh, delights me it's, beyond. I, yeah, absolutely. I think, and it's, I I think, it's it, it's just so great to have because honestly, like, funny ladies are the fucking best. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, and I and and I've said this before. Like, I I don't mean this to be like hooray for me. I'm such an ally because it could very well just be that I'm tired of. Male comedy, because I, you know, that's that was what I've had for yeah. you know decades was male comedy, and I was in improv groups with like a token woman or yeah. no woman yeah. whatsoever. I and was the token woman for most of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And now I don't. Now it's there's that doesn't there aren't token women. Mm. There are women on and improv. We teams. tend to work harder. Yeah, and to prove ourselves. And so now, like, like those women are kicking ass. Yeah. And, you know, which is amazing. Yeah. And I also think, too, that because comedy has been so male for so long Uh that I would say most male comedians are kind of trying to be funny in a way that other males have been before. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I mean, granted, there have been women in comedy, but it hasn't been like the oppressive zeitgeist of the industry. Yeah. So women are funny in the ways that they're funny, you know? Women are funny in life. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean. Not all of them, but, you know, <laughs> but then there's a lot, you know. Then there's a 
I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of really unfunny men. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I feel like if I had, if we had to put them side by side, if I just put the population of people I know, just even like moms and dads at my school. Oh, yeah. Do- the women are much funnier yeah, yeah. than the men. Yeah. The men are just like barf. Oh, that's true. They're so Especially serious. Dads. Right? Dads, dads just quit. They're just they just quit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, well, I got uh, this couch and these kids yeah. and blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Yeah. And the women might be like, I'm barely holding on, but da da da, you know, but yeah, they're yeah. sort of like, well, I guess I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> you know, at least there's a levity. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. At least there's a sort of a sarcasm, like a little something to yeah, hold on yeah. to versus just bland dad. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I will always, and I've said this before, Twitter. Is is amazing place for women to be funny. Yes, and and that was and that's one of the great things I've always loved about Twitter yeah. is that the platform is fairly egalitarian, mm-hmm. where it's just and and there's something too about that little odd chunk, very restricted in terms of like you know like you have to have economy of words and stuff mm-hmm. that I think for some reason women are good at. I I don't know like how to, you know, sort of. I think because women try harder because we've always had to. Women and other people, races, other gender, like people who've had to prove themselves over time. You do. Right. I think the people who aren't committed to it get weeded out because it's too hard. So there's maybe fewer, but the ones who are doing it, are like I'm. F- I fucking work twenty four seven. Like I will wake up early. I work my ass off, and that isn't necessarily the case for men because it's a little easier to get into the industry. So you don't have to be necessarily f- as fully committed always. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, now when do you start going from yeah law lady, pre law lady, <laughs> theater secret theater. Mm-hmm. Theater queen. Mm-hmm. Theater queen. <laughs> um, you know what? I did study abroad my junior year. Where? Uh, I did Spain. In Filthy. Sevilla. Oh. Dirty, dirty Spain. Okay. I mean, it's obvious it was, a, it, was a, it was a sex trip. No, I'm kidding. By no. the way, my mom, I think, thought it was a sex trip. Uh-huh. My mom thought I was having so much sex in yeah. college, but wouldn't talk to me about it, but would just send articles about, um, like, AIDS <laughs> and um, just, you know, being careful, yeah, yeah. this, that, and the other, not really speaking about it. But it made it seem like she thought I was fucking my way across Cornell. Yeah. Like things about uh, statistics of how many p- people people were having sex with. I was a serial monogamist. Yeah. Like wasn't. And then when I went to Spain, we were at Costco, and she very casually got a large box of Costco-sized condoms for me to pack in my suitcase, but without addressing it really, but just like, you can bring this for you. And and it was like 70 condoms. It was like, <laughs> mom, what do you think I'm going to be doing? I, I think I kissed one Spanish guy. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing. Well, you can put your stuff in them when you go to the beach. That is true. You know? That is true. <laughs> You're lighter. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> your it's glasses. It's waterproof. I guess exactly. Yeah, yeah. T- yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But anyway, it just made me think of that. But while I was there, I think was because I got away from Cornell, got away from my family, got away from everything where I was like, I think I have to try it. I think I have to try being an actor. And this is when you're in Spain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was- Are you out? Have you graduated? No. I'm a junior in college. Okay. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I've always assumed I was going to go to law school or business school. And I was like doing theater. And it was like, this is what I love. 
But it was like that little voice was able to be a little louder yeah. away from everybody when I was in Spain and sort yeah, of also yeah. living a kind of freer life. And, yeah. you know, and Eating it was a lot of ham. So much ham. Oh, mm, the so paella. Good. Don't oh. get me started. <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, I think I got to do this. I'm going to come home and tell everybody. And I'll do it for a year. I'm sure I'll hate it. And then I'll go back to being serious. Yeah. So I sort of framed it in a, it's almost like a, um, what's that thing that uh, Amish people do? The rock and oh, the uh, rumspringer. Rumspringer, yeah, yeah. So it was like, I'll let myself like have some fun and then I'll go back to being a real person again. What did that entail? What was your, what were you going to do? What I was, was going to move to New York. Yeah. And get on the stage. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Before you graduated Cornell or after? No, after. After, after. Okay. I was going to graduate Cornell, and then I was going to move to New York and become a theater actress. Yeah. Um, I was going to apply to theater graduate schools. Yeah. Which I did. Yeah. I got into none of them. Oh. Um, I think I applied to like four or five. Of well, course, like the best ones that each took only like eight people. Right. And do you have to audition for those? Yeah. Oh, you have to audition. And it was like, I wasn't trained, like, theater actress to be able to get into Yale? Like, what was I doing? (laughs) Or Juilliard. I've always had an unhealthy level of confidence about myself and Mm -hmm. courage. But I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. But the deep level of confidence that has helped and hurt me. It's hilarious. I actually know that kind of deep confidence. But I go into most things pretty positive that it's going to work out. Why wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, is that, does that... Because you have to audition for mm-hmm. all of these schools. Yeah, and I being think it's rejected. like four schools. You audition all at, is that, at once. Does that hurt? Is it hard? Or oh, are my you God. Like, eh. No, I was, I'd never not gotten into something that ah, I wanted to get into yeah, ever. Because yeah, right. I was an overachiever. You were, yeah. So this was like, I'm sorry, what? But also, okay, okay, pull myself up by my, you know, bootstraps. Yeah. Um. I, after college, I told my family that I was going to do this. I think everybody was like, okay, she needs a year to relax. She's mm-hmm. worked so hard. I think everyone was like, that's fine. We'll give this to her. Yeah. Um, my college advisor literally just pretended I didn't speak. Like, I was like, I think I'm, I'm going to take a year off and, and I'm going to really try to do acting. And this was Cornell pre-law. They didn't even know what that meant. It just took a beat and was like, okay, well, then after that, which, it, you know, and it just wasn't. When you come back to law school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, so let's talk about that. Like, they didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, I went to New York and stayed with a friend for a little bit. I, you know, wrote letters to agents. I attacked the theater like I was attacking law school. Yeah. Like very logical, sure. very that kind of thing. I managed to get a couple meetings with some agents in New York. And they all were like, you're from L.A. Everyone here is trying to get there. Yeah. So start there. Go home. Don't get on the stage. Nobody's interested. Go to L.A., become successful there, and then you can get on the stage because that's all anyone's interested in now. Right. Are people who are known sure. coming to New York. Yeah. And I was like, oh, ugh, okay. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Um, but okay. And I went home and um, literally like got a waitressing job yeah. and then started submitting in the back of the Backstage West magazine. How to long were you in films. New York? Two months. Oh, wow. Not very long. Yeah, yeah. I, I was back. Yeah. Um, And I started just from the bottom. Just going to like cattle call auditions. Cattle call or just submitting through the backs of like Backstage West. And then yeah. there was another one too to student films. I did a big commercial mailer. Oh, wow. Got a commercial agent. Um, Like I just 
really just, just built hit it the, the way it happened. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, didn't know anyone in the entertainment business. Yeah, and then just did it. Yeah, um, and almost quit a thousand times. Yeah, and almost went back to school a thousand times. Um, but kept getting lured further and further into it, the clutches. Yeah. Was it just because you just get, like, enough of a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was always like, if I stop moving forward, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always would force something to happen to make myself move forward. Yeah. I was very much a self-starter. So yeah. I would do cold reading workshops where you pay to meet casting directors. And it's like. 30 people in a room and you all read something. And then, but I got a couple jobs that way. Yeah. And I ended up on a kid's show called Sweet Valley High for oh. a season. And then I did Groundlings. Uh-huh. And that's when I think everything really shifted really into comedy. And that's what started my writing. And that's what, yeah. that's when I really was like, okay, now I swear. Yeah, that's what back. I was going to say. When did you decide to have a comedic voice as opposed to just. Groundlings. Yeah. Yeah. I was, and did you join Groundlings just because you're like, uh, that sounds fun kind of thing? You know what? Or? I didn't know what it was. And I know that sounds crazy. I was so ill-informed about comedy. I didn't know. I didn't know Second City and other cities. Like, I didn't know comedy. Yeah. Um, but I was taking a cold reading uh workshop, Cold Reading Audition workshop, and Chris Parnell was in the class, and he and I became friends, and he was in the Groundlings at the time, and he was like, you should audition for the Groundlings. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, go see a show. And I went and I saw a show, and Jennifer Coolidge was in the show. Oh, wow. And I was just like, oh, my God. That's the funniest woman I've ever seen. Look at all these funny people. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. And so I auditioned, and then, you know, you have to get through the whole fucking school and the whole thing. But that became, like, my world right until I was um cut after being in the Sunday company and then was not a you know and it's like a cult like it's been your life for four years right and then you're out wow yeah yeah see I don't know much about the groundlings just because yeah you know coming from yeah. Chicago and coming out here but yeah the, all this it, it, it can be such a weird it's a little great place petri dish you know it's a petri dish and it's also and I learned so much there it's how I learned to start writing comedy but it has actors voting on other actors so the actors in the main company are the people who vote from the Sunday company which is like the secondary up and coming sure. company to decide who becomes main company so you've got insecure threatened Jesus Christ people voting on who's going to potentially be their biggest rivals. Yeah. It's not a great system. No. And it was a terrible system for women. Yeah. Women were just cut, 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 cut. And then they would end up with like two women and 30 men in the yeah. main company. Um, I think it's better now. Yeah. From what I've heard. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But Most, I mean, <laughs> you name an improv comedy sort of yeah. troupe school and you can say it's better now. Mm-hmm. It just is mm-hmm. generally mm-hmm. better now, which is which is great. Yeah. yeah. But that's really when I finally was like, okay. Yeah. I'm in this. Yeah. Probably I'm getting too, you know, it's getting too late for me to go back to school anyway. So yeah. I'm fucked if I don't make this work. And when did you start selling shows? Because um, I know you you sold shows yeah. like crazy I that just kind of never happened. Yeah. Uh, How I, many? How many do you know? Uh, I believe it was seven. Wow. Yeah. I think I sold seven shows before I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. Um, How how does that (laughs) – it's crazy. It's crazy and – It's such a weird, like – 
purgatory of success. It's a, you know? being a very successful failure for yeah. many years that no, there's no outward sign of it, Yeah, which really doesn't matter. But at a certain point, you're like, I want people to know that I've been doing something. Yeah. But you are making a living in show business. Yes, yeah. totally. Like def- and making a decent living, yeah. you know. Um, but with nothing, you know, I would act in a pilot every year. I'd mm-hmm. be cast in one, like the lead of a pilot. And I would write a pilot or two every yeah. year. And none of them would go. Yeah. And they would be- They get made or sold. Some of them would get made. The pilots would get made, you know, and then sold. And yeah, you were being paid for everything. Yeah, yeah. But just nothing was going my way. Like, wow. you know, um, I. it was a show called Dog Bites Man, which is what I know Matt Walsh from, mm-hmm. um, that made, we became writer producers on that mm-hmm. in the show. And that made me be like, oh- I could write, especially write for myself. Yeah. And then I learned how a writer's room works and outlines and scripts and all of that kind of stuff. And then right after that, I think like two months after that was done, I sold my first one to Comedy Central, which did not end up going. Yeah. Um, But that's where I sort of went like, oh, I could write and produce. Yeah. And I should do that for myself because people, especially back then, were not writing for women. Mm -hmm. So it was really like, okay, well, no one's going to write this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to do it yourself. Yeah. And especially if you have a unique voice, you yeah. know, yeah, that's, yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. If you're just really, you know, like, I'm sorry, the log line is the exact same as Curb or Better Things or yeah. Fleabag or, you know, anything that's just a single point of view mm-hmm. show. It's just a person Getting through life. Yeah. And the only thing that's different is the execution. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that's all execution. only point yeah. of view and only specificity yeah. and only, you know, voice. Right. Yeah. A mom's point of view Oof, could be bark. anything, you know. And, and your usually, first instinct of that is, is yuck. Yeah, yeah. Because moms have always been boring. Yeah. And harried. Yeah, And yeah. mad. And sexless. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I just... That's when I started realizing, like, I can do more than just be an actor. Yeah. And I think, for me, I have to, um, or I'll get bored. And You know, it's, it, what strikes me is just that you say that there's this kind of clash mm-hmm. between the Cornell and the yeah. Carney. But holy shit, do they <laughs> benefit each other. They have, and that, ultimately. And because yeah. what you're describing to me, like, that, all you're describing to me is a, is a sense of direction and ambition that I would give one of my testicles for. Uh, because I— I'll take one. <laughs> but, and they're old. Uh, I'm not going to look at it or do stuff with it. I'll just—I'll take just, it. And, just brag about it. Yeah, I'll just yeah, like, yeah. I have one of Andy Richter's yeah, testicles yeah. in my garage. In, in the glove box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, but I mean, I, it's no, it, it, it is, and it's like that kind of directedness that that was that pre-law directedness is like it has a hundred percent ended up now helping me. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it would or if it was just going to make me always never feel happy with my choice of career. Yeah, and I was always going to just sort of feel like I was failing one side or the other. Um, but now it really 100% has. And you're making peace with that, you think? Or? I think so. I, yeah. yeah. And I'm in therapy now. Yeah. And working on this. Yeah. Um, be- How long? Um, about five, four or five years now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I started not, yeah, around turning 40. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
it's been fantastic. And so I do think I'm coming to peace with it, at least in this project. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When this is done, I'm sure it will all go wild again. Yeah. Um, but also like midlife I don't, I won't say midlife crisis, but like when you are evaluating things at midlife, I do sit there and I go, am I living my life as too, you know, too down the middle? Yeah. And would I, there's a part of me that's like, I want to live my life and be a little wilder in my day to day. Cause my day to day life is pretty constricted. Like yeah. it's, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't do the show I'm doing and do it that the level and quality that I think I do it at if I didn't uh, really approach it really from that lawyerly like uh type a kind of uh, yeah that way yeah well it's you're lucky I, am. I mean you know what I mean I I'm, yeah, I, as I much as you say like that no. it causes a conflict in you I do I do know I'm lucky it's, it's, that I have that yeah it's fantastic to push myself through I'm a slob <laughs> <laughs> You've done okay for yourself. No, I know. I've done okay. I, well, <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, I also have been truly lucky to have been within this kind of bulletproof show business vehicle with Conan O'Brien yeah. for all those years. And I, because, you know, and it was one of the things that made me, you know, I had been, I had been the star of three network television shows. Yeah. What's the one that I loved that you did? All um, three of them. No, two. I'm not fans. No, oh. I actually don't know. No, but the one that Jonathan Groff did. Uh, that's Andy Barker P.I. I loved that show. That was my favorite, too. Yeah. That was my favorite. And, what? And you know, it's funny because I- I love him. In re- he's, he's fantastic. He's the smartest, funniest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the Jonathan Groff, the Broadway star. No. Yeah. Who's also fantastic. Yes. But that's no, not Jonathan, who speaking of. Jonathan Groff is a hilarious, like, and also, too, just like one of the best human beings yes. in the world. And he was- uh, the head writer on Conan. That's right. While I was, you know, yeah. the last kind of half of, of mm-hmm. my first stint there. Okay. Um, and shortly after I left, he left too. Not a coincidence, I don't think. I mean, the minute I was gone, he knew he that to- that ship was sinking. Yeah, obvious. We all did. And then it continued. Yeah, yeah. I don't know we were happened. all surprised. Yeah, yeah. All wow. surprised. I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. it's, after I left, it must have just been a lot of sympathy viewing. That's the way I look at it. I all I know is I lost a lot of money on that because <laughs> I was betting on that just sinking into the ground. What when I you heard have that. a weird bookie? Yeah, yeah. You have no idea. God, I, he's got a voice box. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I, uh, Andy Barker was a great show. I it love was that really show. fun, and that, and I. Your other like, two shows might have been fantastic. I can't remember what they are now. No, I did. Andy worked to Controls the Universe oh, was the first one. that was one. a fantastic It was one a really too. good show. And then in one. the middle, there was one that I just was an actor on called Quintuplets that was on Fox. And it was kind of like. Vaguely. The name It was there. kind of like. I forgot about Andy Richter Controls the Universe. Yeah, it, it was, was also fantastic. It was. The Quintuplets was like standard kind of dirty family, you know, mm-hmm. racy kids talking dirty, basically. <laughs> you know, that Fox yeah. kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, but. It's funny because I, I know that like you've said all those shows that you created, most of them were well received. Everyone liked them. Hey, this is funny. This is great. Yeah. But here's why we're not going to do it. Yes. Yeah. And that's what what you know. Not every single one was the best thing you've ever done. But I would say after the first couple, like they were all well received. Yeah. And good. Yeah. See, Andy Barker, PI, uh, was originally passed on. Uh huh. And then 
somebody spoke up for it in like a in like a meeting with yeah. GE, right? And then they found some money to make a few episodes, but the person who passed on it was ultimately the person in charge of saying yes or no. Of course. So I all it it really in hindsight it was like yeah sure go shoot your five or six episodes, mm-hmm. but I I did say no. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I ended up right at the end. Yes, of this. and and it was yeah. I mean, Conan was the creator of the show. It was his yeah. idea, and. Uh, it, we were on, I think there were six episodes and it was on four different time slots, which is a there really- There only six episodes of that show? I think so. God, I remember it so Maybe well. Maybe there was nine. It was a, it was a mid-season show. It wasn't okay. a full, it wasn't, I see someone, someone's picking up their phone to figure out how many episodes. Thank you. Um, but uh, you'd think I would know. I mean, I, but- You'd think. I don't, I'm not good with numbers. Um, but Conan would- Get in touch with the person, and mm-hmm. and because more than any other show I ever of the other three shows, yeah. there was not one negative word about it. No. It was just this is great, this yeah. is good, this is unique, this is funny, this is emotional. You know, mm-hmm. and Conan would call this person and be like, "Hey, you see the reviews?" and and the reaction to was like, "Yeah, yeah, they're they're good, they're good." Honestly, you know? with people like that. Calling and saying, did you see the reviews, is like the worst thing you can do. Because it just makes them dig their heels in more. Well, but I think that that Conan knew that at this point that he had. And I'm not saying what Conan did was not. I'm just going in my history now, just living with people and being around people sometimes. There's nothing you're going to make that kind of person who needs their idea to be their right. idea and that needs to be their instinct was right. Yes. It doesn't matter if everyone like loves it out of nowhere. Yeah. It's that kind of person. Well, and it's also too a very common thing that happens is there's so much ego involved in when someone gets to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And so they basically uh, – all they can, all they let continue mm-hmm. when they become in charge, generally speaking, is the bona fide hits that they can't get rid of. Yes. But all of like the sort of things mm-hmm. that are growing get killed. Yeah. Because what's the benefit for me yeah. that to, for this thing that somebody else shepherded to become a hit? I like it. There's I no liken upset. it to like, yeah. you know, when a, there's a new alpha male in an ape troop and he kills the offspring of all the all the, yeah. the previous alpha male yeah because like yeah no no new bloodline new and genes, that's the thing is know. when someone new comes over takes over the network and you're developing a show you're like ah oh, fuck yeah and that happened to me a couple times absolutely because you know it's like they're gonna be like no nope. and then there are the couple people who actually trust the people they hire and they have the confidence to be able to go fuck i was wrong yeah you guys did it yeah. Great. How can we make this? How can we support this? Yeah. Rare. They're few and far between. Those yeah. are the people who end up having successful networks yeah. or successful whatever. Right. And I'll say I keep that in mind as somebody who is quote unquote in charge on my show. I do try very hard to have learned, take things from all of the things I've learned through being in the industry and make better choices. Mm -hmm. And one thing is because I do hire lots of people, department heads and this and that, and try to give people autonomy and let them, like, if I'm like, I don't know about that, prove me wrong. Yeah. Please. And then I'll be like, great. Yeah. You just helped me. Yes. 
Yes. And thank you're also, you. You're also doing yourself a favor when you have people that you trust yes. that you can delegate to, because that's one more thing you don't have to worry because about. Because when you do have a person that you've hired who is not is not doing what they need to be doing, mm-hmm. I end up doing it because it still needs to get done. Yeah. And I'm not going to let it get done poorly. So then I will have to take it over. Yeah. Um, and it is worse on me. Have you had to fire people? Yes. And it's horrible. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. I not imagine. very many. We're very careful. And I will tell you what I've been very un- unpleasantly surprised by is the lack of taking any responsibility of anybody that I've had to let go. Where it is like, we have given you chance after chance after chance. Like, mm-hmm. you have to know that this isn't working. And you lay out the case for like, this is why. And it's not like this is coming out of nowhere. People yeah. have spoken to you. I've spoken to you. This and that. I try to do it as nicely as possible mm-hmm. um, and try to not bring a lot of people in the room. I try to do it personally. And every single time they turn it on me, that it's my fault, that they didn't do their job right. Wow. And I'm just like, one, would you say that if I was a man? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and there's, also, yeah, there's no way to I know. I don't know. Way, yeah. I, there's no way to know. Um, but also, like, wow, people do not take any responsibility, especially on Twitter, on anything now. Yeah. You just hide. And then if somebody calls you out and it's like, you actually didn't do this. Yeah. They just attack yep. you. And you're like, what does this have to do with me? I wasn't involved in this job at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, And it also, too, like, I whenever that I encounter that kind of person, yeah. I'm just like, you do realize you're – you are hamstringing yourself mm. at a chance of like mm-hmm. personal growth and a fulfilling a fulfilling emotional life because and you know there le- are, yeah. yeah and even above that wouldn't you rather we part amicably yeah. because someone's going to call me right, for exactly. your reference exactly and if i just go hey you know what it didn't work out with us but i think they're a really good person now i know they've done a couple more jobs they're probably great yeah versus they were uh, like awful. Yeah. And then when we actually went to have a conversation about it, they were rude. They filled their diaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And were assholes. Yeah. Um, And this is a small town and it gets right. Like, so I'm like, even if you're just being nice at the end to protect yourself. Yeah. Smart. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I've always, I've, I've always said that. Like if you're just, if you are the most calculating person in the world that just wants crass output from people mm-hmm. be nice yes be nice <laughs> it truly if you're tr- if you're like just pure evil and you don't give a shit about anyone around you but you just want them to do what you want be nice be nice make it a nice working environment yeah even if you're faking that you care to make their lives better yeah <laughs> like yeah it is yeah yeah it's interesting now how, do you see the show? You're you're writing a new season. I'm writing a new season, season three right now. And and what do you see for the show? Like how how long do you want it to go? Is it something that you'd like it to go for ten seasons? Or I don't think it's the kind of show that can sustain ten seasons yeah. and keep a quality. Up. Do you do you? How do you feel about that? Because I'm of the opinion that there's a lot of shows they just go on too long. That's my opinion. And that and that it, in you know like that's one great thing about English shows. Yes, is that they are they are limited, and it's mm-hmm. like this is a story. It's this many episodes. The story's over. Yeah, we're all going to go do something else. Yeah. And I will say right now, even with season three, I um, before uh, 
before we agreed that we were going to move on to a season three, I asked the network if I could do an exploratory writer's room for a month mm-hmm. to make sure that I felt like we still had quality new stories to tell. That's great. And we weren't be- going to become caricature and we weren't going to, you know, lose the nuance. And I don't want everyone to become monsters on the show, yeah, which yeah. I think single point of view shows you just have to keep getting crazier and crazier. And so, and they were fantastic, and they let us do that. And then we we're like, yeah, there are still quite a few areas that I think we can attack in a great way. What a and good I boss think, you are. What a good showrunner you are. Oh, thank you. It's also selfish. It takes me 13 months yeah. of the highest level of stress and all this. And if I'm going to, at the end of it, um, not have a good show, yeah, I'd rather – and I know how hard it is to get a show that people love and that yeah. you are proud of on the air. But I also think shows go on too long. Mm-hmm. And I have made the promise to myself that when I think it is at that time, I will end it, even if it's a bummer and it's going to be like, fuck, now I got to start over. Yeah. I will. What what, what do you think start – have you thought about what starting over is? Yeah. I think I would probably uh, take a little break of te- developing television. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, have a couple feature um, – Things that I'm developing right now that mm-hmm. I don't really have time to get deeper into, but I would love to write and direct a movie. Yeah. And I think that that's feasible. I think there's an, you know, one being a woman um, that's in demand right now in that yeah. world. And also I've done it now. You know, I direct, I write, I produce. I know how to do the whole thing now. Yeah. Um, and I have a couple things that I've wanted to do that I think I would do. Um you know, I've started this podcast. Um, I'd like to perform live again. Yeah. So I'd like to do a small level of touring in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I also would love to just act on someone's show. Yeah. And, I, that's, you know. That's one thing. I mean, like I have, uh, like I was saying, I have had the the benefit of being in this, this long, you know, vehicle that's just, I mean, long running yeah. vehicle that's just provided me with steady income and visibility mm-hmm. and 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 a a really huge thing mm-hmm. is a really easy schedule yeah. and living and and lots of time mm-hmm. like I've been doing this show for 9 years yeah that's 9 years that I was able to be home for dinner oh I, yeah and that's it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. It's everything. And it's and I and I miss acting. I yeah. really really oh, miss I'm acting. Sure. And when I get to do it like there now this is that's a kind it's a kind of a healthy nervousness mm-hmm. for me because yeah. I don't act and then I get a I get a gig and yeah. I'm like and the first couple of days I'm like I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. I forget how to yeah. and I feel so rusty and like there's just like this crust that has to be knocked off. And do you get any pleasure out of that putting yourself in that position anymore? The, the pleasure that I get because mm-hmm. when it when I when that phenomenon first started where I like where I started to first feel that or or where I where I had a role that was kind of cuz there's a lot of roles yeah. I can just you know, they, yeah, yeah. That they're just they're that thing, and they're, they're just you, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, exactly. And but ones that are a little stretch or that take mm-hmm. a little more thought or a little bit more like you know, how am I going to sell this mm-hmm. lie of being this person? Mm-hmm. Um, at, when it first started, I didn't like it. I was terrified. I was yeah. like, oh shit, because then I'm looking down the road at like, because you know, I want to be a character actor for yeah. the, until I'm, you know, until I'm very old. I want to be, you know, I want to be like the old man and yeah. things. And that, you know, you start a job and it's like, 
fuck? Do I still got this? Yeah, I'm like, can I do this still? Did I just sham my way through everything before and yeah. now's the moment where everyone's going to know? But then after a couple days, yeah. just getting the muscles working yeah. again, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. do this. And I'm getting and I'm getting enough, uh, enough nice feedback yeah. that I believe. Yes. Because there's people blowing smoke and then there's also people that you trust telling you like yeah. hey that was good yeah. and that's and that matters yeah. and that so like I'm more used to it now where mm-hmm. when I start something that might be a few days of a of a job yeah I, I there's a little like oh yeah right oh right yeah yeah and uh, but that's the part I get off on yeah it's making making sure I still have those moments in my life yeah that make me nervous, yeah. that make me question, like, oh, God, can I pull this off again? Yeah, yeah. It's like I get – I think I get a little, like, addicted to that adrenaline, yeah. like, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Was that always a healthy, you know, addiction to that, I you think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've always sort of – yeah, that's a thing. Use that as a – Yeah, it's ba- – like, my mom always is like, you've never been good at being bored. Yeah. You definitely like to live heightened state. Right. Um, which – Sometimes it's like I, it takes me a little bit to calm down and just yeah. relax. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just be okay with not doing a thousand jobs and projects and at once. And um, but that only lasts very, very. You know, I yeah. can't do it for long. I like to be doing something. Yeah. Is it hard on your daughter when you're working so much? Or have you figured out a way to make it work? It's a, I mean, I know this is kind middle. of a boilerplate boilerplate question, but it's a re, you know, it's a real question, yeah. and it haunts me every day. Yeah. It's we're going to the third season, um, and it's been now basically from like six to ten, mm-hmm. seven maybe, um, and. I would say in the middle. I work really hard. I write no exterior night scenes, so we mm. never shoot at night. Yeah. I make sure that our writer's room is within a couple miles of her school and my production offices and my post-production facilities. Nice. I We only shoot until 6.30 at night. Yep. Um, I have to keep working. You know what I mean? But I come home, I do dinner, bedtime, and then I go back to work. Oh, wow. But I try really hard. Yeah. Um, I feel like during the writer's room, you know, it's not, I'm not around as much, but it's not super crazy. Yeah. Production is hard. Um, production's hard, just it's long hours and I have to work on the weekends and rehearse and it, it, by the end of production, I notice her regressing, yeah. and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, we got this. Got we got to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But now we've been through it a couple times, and we're able to talk about like we know this part's going to be hard, but then we're going to get to the other spot, and then she knows I'm coming. You know. Yeah. And I don't disappear for good. It's not like I'm going out of town. Yeah. And I am home for dinner. Yeah. You know. Yep. It's not – I'd be lying if it was like, oh, yeah, it's totally perfect. doesn't affect her at all. Yeah. Of course it does. Right. It affects my marriage. It affects everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, way to go. <laughs> way to go fucking it up? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You had to have your own show. <laughs> well, whatever. All right. I guess right. you'll work it out later. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you'll have the money to pay for her therapy. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm not paying for her therapy. <gasps> no. She's got to get a fucking job. Nice. I'm not going to live off my rep- like my money. That's I was actually going for that. <laughs> Fuck that little deadbeat. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pay for a little bit, but <laughs> I do sometimes sit there and I go, this kid's life is so good. 
Yeah. What does she have to be in therapy about later? I have to give her something. Yeah. If this is the thing. <laughs> my mom worked a lot for, yeah. for these four years, her five years, her show was on the air. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Throw her a bone. I uh, no. So she's I, not just a boring asshole. It was like, well, everything was great. It's, uh, you know, because I, I learned a lot of lessons. Most of my learning is watch is is like doing the opposite of something that I saw someone else of course, fuck up, yeah. you know. And and so like there has been lots of my parenting has been informed by don't do that. Yeah. And and I think that my ex-wife and I have done a really good job of being honest with our kids and being respectful of our kids yeah. and and always kind of letting them be themselves and apologizing mm-hmm. to them when we fuck up and yeah. like admitting our own humanity and allowing them to question us, you know, to not yeah. to not feel like they're stymied and stifled just because of there's some like authority figure that you don't question. Yeah. But they're still like, A, they got our brain they're, chemistry. They're going to be in therapy yeah, for yeah. something. They got our brain chemistry. So yeah. there's all that, you know. But Just also, that stuff. But if you didn't have something, you'd be so boring. Yeah. You got to give them little. Cha- yeah. They need some challenges. Yeah. Because life is without a cha- lot of challenges. Right. And complicated people tend to create complicated yes. people. So, yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, you know, they're all fucked up. Well, it's not our fault. But also, I just sort of like to, when something happens, I'll be like, wonder if that's going to be brought up in 20 years. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, hmm. Well, Whatever. there's a good one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's done a now. Cat's out of the bag. You're welcome. Yeah. You got something to talk about. <laughs> and All if right. really that's going to be the thing you talk about, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm like, yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. the thing, yeah, then yeah. you're welcome. Your life right. has been perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about the stuff I went through, <laughs> which also was never that crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. See, I have that. I I am able to say a couple of things with my mm. kids where they're like, it, it it's hard, and I'm like, mm-hmm. check this out. Here's, well, a, yeah. here's a little page from dad's book. Yeah. Like, ooh, ooh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I probably have a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think we've covered the uh, where you been, where you going. Great. Andrea Savage, what have you learned? Today or just in life? I don't care. Listen, <laughs> we're getting near the end of this thing, and okay. I, I got to okay. get lunch. All right. Yeah. I have to do stuff, too. All right. Um, what have I learned? Um I have learned um, that basically, one, that luck isn't a real thing, but Mm. you can be prepared for the right opportunities, Mm. but make sure you've done the hard work so when those opportunities arise, you're prepared to take the most advantage of them. Yes. Um. Because I, it's a combo, and I think sometimes people are like, well, I just didn't get lucky. Yeah. Or, well, I'm waiting to get lucky. Or, oh, I got lucky. And it's like, no, you, it's a combo. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready to uh, take the opportunity when you maybe so little luck did go your way. Yeah. Um, yeah, because when I think about the people – this is just the showbiz part yeah. of it. When I think about the people I came up with, I cannot – and I've, done, I've thought about this before. I can't think of one person mm-hmm. – that has been unjustly underemployed. I agree. You know what I mean? I, like, I've talked, talked about this at length with people. Yeah. In the beginning, 
when I first started, there were people to get a job, and you were like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Or people that were sort of late coming to mm-hmm. to, to getting jobs. But and I will say work. those people now are really no longer yeah. on the scene. Yeah. They kind of flashed and then went away. But the people who just have worked hard mm-hmm. and deserve it are the ones that have the longevity. Yeah. And um, don't be afraid of working hard. I think sometimes in comedy, working hard seems lame and everyone's like, I don't like trying. And yeah, yeah. Get out of that. Yeah. Not trying is not as cool as you think it is. That was that <laughs> was more like a 90s alternative comic. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to even try to make a joke. I got joke. my notes on the yeah. stage. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not even, I've done no effort. Yeah. It does It does seem like we're moving from that and yeah. we're moving to a- It's okay to make effort. Yeah. And yeah. actually, those people were making effort. Yes. They just put on an act- Yes. To pretend that they weren't. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I guess just- if, you know, as a grown woman now who is married, does have a child, has a job, take something that you loved. For me, it luck- luckily is my job in comedy, but it is like hanging out with my friends. Make sure you still have a little of that, of who you were before all that happened in your life now. Mm-hmm. And I think you will be happier. Yeah. Because um, I have spent a lot of time being like, can you be a grown up and have responsibilities and be happy? You know, that's kind of what my podcast is about. And I really think it's a mindset. Yeah. And it's a lifestyle of making sure that you haven't forgotten little pieces of your original you and carrying them throughout. Yes. Well, and also, this business, if you don't have a strong footing, yes, it, it will push you into like well yeah you have to have being some kind anchors. of yeah you, it'll push you into being because this business especially you know in a position like yours mm-hmm. um and somewhat like a position like mine just yeah. being on tv and being talent in mm-hmm. things you, there is a you're treated like you can't do anything wrong you know like you like if you said like i mm-hmm. i need the the carpet in my trailer changed Mm -hmm. somebody would go like okay you know because you kind of yeah you know and and i so like people of weak character Mm -hmm. when they are told you can't do anything wrong they start to believe it yes and they turn into some weird facsimile of a human yeah and i know them i mean not a lot of them personally but i know them and it is like it it is such a again a lesson in like as a, in a, a negative lesson, like yeah. don't let that happen. Yeah, make sure that you know, like, oh no, you can still fuck up. You can still it's be so wrong Even all the time. You just said, like, if you said change the carpet in your trailer, I'm like, I would never do that. I know. I would be like, we need that money in the budget for something else, yeah. and be like, well, no. Does everyone have carpet? They're like, no. I'm not going to be the one person who has carpet. I go like so the other, yeah, cra- like uh, the other direction, yeah. Um, but I, I think even for people listening who aren't in the entertainment industry, yeah. just taking whoever you were, whatever hobby, whatever you like to do, yeah. bring, cause people are like, my life is boring now. Yeah. How can I have fun in my life? Is it all just being a parent? Is it all just going to work and slaving for a mortgage? It's like, who were you before? Yeah. You can still be the same. You don't have to change that much. Yeah. I'm still basically the person personality-wise, that I was before I, I had a child it. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you can kind of do that, I think you win. Yeah. 
It's all about winning, people. That, yeah, that's the number one thing I've learned. It's all about winning. If you don't win, kill yourself. All right. Uh, speaking of winning, seasons one and two of I'm Sorry are available on Netflix, and Andrea has a new podcast. Andrea Savage, a grown-up woman, hashtag buttholes, with new episodes available weekly. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I love you. It's really been fun talking to you. I love I'm glad. you, too. Yeah, and yeah. I'm very happy you asked me to be here. And, I, and I'm very happy that I'm going to be on your show because uh, that's, it's, it's a fun thing to talk about. Being a grown-up and having fun yeah. is like— We just it. play games and we laugh. Love it. Yeah. Well, uh, and thank you all out there uh, in podcast land for listening, and we will catch you next time on The Three Questions. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.